0: Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to go ahead and subscribe to our Journey YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you all right there. Now, I hope this episode helps you take your next step in following Jesus. Uh, Now today, speaking of Father's Day, uh, we've been in this Behind My Journey series, and for those of you who are new, uh, what we we are doing, and we did this last year, uh, we have a podcast that um, about twice a month, uh, Quinn Eaton, who's a host of the podcast, he releases, um, he interviews people in our church, some people just like you, and just talks about their story and what God's doing in their life, and we release those a couple times a month. If you don't listen to that, I'm telling you, it's... It's always fascinating to hear these stories, and I always walk out with something or listen with and finish listening with something helpful. So it might be worth you uh, subscribing, but we just wanted to do something a little different here at Star of Summer and bring some of these stories to you live. And I'm really excited about today because uh, you get to hear from one of uh, my newer friends, and you'll understand why that is in just a minute. Uh, But a guy who's a dad, a guy who gets it, a guy who understands all the challenges of being a dad... But what God is doing and has done in his life is pretty remarkable. His name is Scott Adams. Scott, I want to bring you on out. Some of you are going to recognize Scott uh, because he usually sits right over here uh, playing drums about half the time. So, would you guys give a big welcome to Scott? Sure. So hey, do I do I need to move the drum shield over here so you're more comfortable I would looking you at them? A or, more yeah, at home if you did yeah. That, look at look at them through that. Give hey, me. thank you for doing this. First absolutely. of all, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You've been on a lot of stages, but you are usually back here and yes. not yeah in whatever stage you're on. So listen, let let's just start with this for people who don't know you. Okay. Um, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, about your family, all of that.
1: Okay. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am Scott Adams. I'm 37 almost 38 years old almost Woo! there almost there almost there <laughs> yeah one more month all right I uh, live in Reedley Kentucky married to my wife Jessica we have three wonderful children uh, two of them from previous marriage and, uh, and your
0: youngest one that y'all have together is how old two and a half <laughs> yeah uh,
1: I've got an 11 year old a nine year old and a two and a half year old yeah so and you're
0: doing it all over again
1: in your late 30s a two and a half year old really <laughs> takes your energy it hits different in the middle of the <laughs> night does. doesn't it yeah it really yeah. does um, um, work out at the old USEC. I'm from Marshall County. I'm born and raised in this area.
0: Yes, yeah, so you're in the IT yes. over at the old USEC plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the other piece of this is you've been a professional musician, a professional drummer for a long time. You're doing that at the same time as being a part of IT over there, right? Correct. Yeah, how long have you been uh, in music? Uh,
1: I started playing... Um, <laughs> I wanted to play the drums ever since I was a child. My, I'm a second-generation drummer, and my mother didn't want me going down the same path as my father, and so she <laughs> said, you're going to take two years of piano no matter what.
0: So I took Because pianists end up living oh, a bu- well, Yeah, yeah, yeah they, yeah. they
1: have a far better life than drummers. <laughs> so I took two years of piano when I was five, and I turned seven, and I was like, all right, adios. I'm ready to
0: play the drums. Give me some sticks. Yeah, and yeah. And
1: then shortly, uh, not too long after I got out of high school, I really turned pro doing it, and...
0: You went to Marshall County High- No, you didn't go to no, Marshall County.
1: I went to Christian Fellowship High School K through 12 Go Eagles.
0: <laughs> there you go in Draftonville, yes. right? Which is a Christian school for those of you who don't know. I also went to a Christian school and we were no. we were joking beforehand. When you go to a Christian school, you you get like 3 to 5 Bible lessons a week at church. <laughs> And then and then yes. you and then you have Bible class every day at school mm-hmm. and then you get a chapel on Friday. Yep. So you're
1: and tested on it and as well.
0: Te- and tested on yeah, yeah, so you know your Bible pretty well. Forwards and backwards. Yeah, yeah, you didn't have a choice there, no, did you? No, you did not. All right, so you get um you get we'll come back to this in okay. a minute, but you get out of school and did, did you play, did you just go on the road as a musician full time, or were you working a job and doing it at the same time when you get first guy out of school?
1: Oh, absolutely working a job. Yeah. Absolutely working a job. Because I mean, what
0: people don't realize is uh, working musicians are starving musicians, right? 100%. Yeah. I
1: mean, my, my dear friend that I play with to this day, I mean, he still owns his own business while he's out playing with anyone from Alice Cooper to you name it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He still comes home and has He's his own has his own coffee gotta, shop that he runs. You so. got to pay
0: the bills somehow, exactly. right? Yeah,
1: you did the music for the love of it, not for the money of it. Any of you children who want to know,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so let's go. Let's circle all the way back to being a kid. We were joking a little bit about church and Christian school and all of that. Yeah, but talk a little bit about what your experience was like. Uh, what it was like for you being in church, uh, growing up in church, just just. What was your takeaway as you look back on those years now?
1: Oh, we were very much the family that every time the doors were open, we were there. It, it didn't matter if it was a prayer meet on a Monday night, church service on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Didn't matter what it was. If the doors were open, we were there. And so I grew up spending a large majority of my childhood just in the four walls of the church. You yeah. know, whether I was running around being a heathen or, you know, actually <laughs> engaged in what was going on. Right. You know, I was still there. So. But when you when you.
0: Um, I mean from my experience there's a bit of when you go to a Christian school and then you're engaged in church all the time I'm not saying this bad but it's, it's a little bit like you living in a bubble
1: it's very much so living in a bubble because it's really the the biggest part of your socialization as a child is inside the church you yes. know when you're there that much
0: but on the on the flip side do you feel like um do you feel like that experience growing up uh, I don't know the right way to put this. Maybe maybe set an anchor or a foundation in your life that um that even you looking back on now you've got some like you know, you know, you've yeah. got you've got something you know is true that you were taught from from the time you were oh,
1: little. 100%. I mean, you know, the, the verse says train up a child in ways goes and in all his days he shall not depart from it. I mean, it doesn't say that he won't ever drift Every day. It yeah, doesn't exactly. say every day, right. But in all his days meaning the entire you know, entirety of his life, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's fast forward a little. Yes, sir. You graduate from high school. Yes, sir. Now you've got... I or, did do that. Yeah, you, you did. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you did do that. Um, you graduate from high school. For the first time, you're on your own. Yep. You start traveling as a professional musician, yeah. which, which I'm just going to take a guess. The culture of a professional musician might be a little different than the bubble you had grown up in. Slightly. Just slightly, yes. Yeah. Just slightly. It was like it was like a different right. world you're in now. Right. You're working a job, but you're getting to make your own choices, Correct. call your own shots. So, what happened with with your faith? What happened with your engagement with church once you hit that point?
1: Oh, I mean, it became pretty much non-existent, and, and you know, pretty much in all aspects. You know, I was your typical PK, you know, preacher's kid growing up. That you know, once I got out and got a little taste of the world, I was like. Woo, buddy, let's yeah. run, let's run yeah. with this. First time you'd
0: seen that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, let's run with this. Let's see what this is all about. <laughs> yes. And so it was, it was just the easy thing to do was just, ah, well, I'll get back into it later on when I get older.
0: That was yeah. your mentality. Yeah. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Okay.
1: And, and I still even up, I would try different churches. You know, mm-hmm. I would go different places. I grew up non-denominational and, you know, I'd go to Baptist church for a little while and see what that was about. And. Yeah, you know, that's where my ex-wife. She was, she was raised Baptist, yep. so we went there so for you, a little while. Now so you and got a was, feel for that. Yeah. That was a massive change. Yes, but yeah, for the most part, it was just I'll I'll get back to it.
0: It just wasn't a priority. Oh, not at all. Do you, was it Was it not a priority because you didn't see the value in it? It wasn't helpful. Was it not a priority because you were just tired of it and wanted to, wanted to experience something different? What do you, What do you think was driving some a of that? A
1: lot of it was being tired. A lot of it was being just over-served, you know, because, I mean, we were that family that, you know, I I played music at the church, you know, mom and her ex-husband were pastors at the church, and we were there all the time, constantly serving, constantly doing something. And after a while, that can get just, you get into a routine, and it becomes nothing more than just a routine. It's not that you're there to serve, or you have the heart of a servant, it's just you're there, and this is what you do.
0: It gets so you it, get tired of it if you, you if it gets detached from the purpose and the why. Bingo. Yeah, then you're just going through the motions.
1: Hundred percent. And I was tired of doing that. I.
0: You're doing it because you've been told that that was the thing to do, well, right? Well, that
1: and you know, again, when you get that slight taste of freedom and you get <laughs> you know into certain things in life, and you're like, man, I could go out Saturday night and sleep in Sunday morning. Yep. Oh. Yep. Oof, that that's tempting right and, there. <laughs> and
0: yes, and and life on the road certainly lends itself to those choices anyway. hundred percent. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Okay. Um let me fast forward a little bit again. So roughly how long were you how long did this period last where you just walked away from church? Let's disengaged? see, I would
1: say a good um the first time I was probably twenty, okay. roughly in there, and then didn't start going, doing the Baptist thing with the ex-wife until 25-ish, somewhere in there. So there's a good four or five years there where I, as the Amish say, had rumspringa and I was just uh, going yep. crazy.
0: And then you then you re-engaged a little bit because yes. wives have a way of doing that to they us, do. right? Yes. They do
1: indeed. And then you
0: disengaged again? Correct. And how long were you were you kind of wall that time?
1: That was a really long stint there. <laughs> that was a good that, one, that huh? Was, that was a good one. We're talking eight to ten years there, where I just did not go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, other than the you know typical Sunday that mom begs me to go, or I went a couple of times to my now wife. She's a Episcopalian or a Pisky, I call it. And <laughs> okay. I, I tried, the, I tried the Pisky service once or twice. Uh-huh, yeah, and that was a little drastically different. different. A little different, yes. Very methodical, very up down. You know, drink this, eat this, and. I'm
0: you weren't sure what was going on what to do yeah not at all so um let's fast forward then mm-hmm. all the way because you're uh, you're sitting here on a st- on a stage yeah um, in a church facility and um, I know the backstory of how you got here mm-hmm. I want you to tell them a little bit of what happened and I'll fill in any any blanks, but so as to how I got in. Yeah, hearing? how how you ended up right here. Yeah. Okay.
1: So uh, my wife knows uh, Andy, the guitar player up here on stage, and she for the longest time she been wanting me and Andy to get together and make music. And uh, here, there, and whatnot. Andy got my name and called me for a night of worship that y'all were having and needed a drummer.
0: And right? let me just pause. Yeah. And the reason reason Andy called is because you guys remember when we first opened the building. Uh, this was then. We were going to do a night of worship the Wednesday night before our very first Sunday, yep. and then it—he um, actually drove all the way from Riedland and then it sleeted. I don't know if y'all remember that, and we had to cancel. It was a cause
1: long drive home. It was a really
0: long drive home with Scott risk his life to be here. <laughs> but the reason—the reason Andy called is because. All of our other drummers got COVID right as we were opening the building and we had nobody. We had nobody to play opening Sunday. We had nobody to play the night of worship. So that's that's why that oh. connection was made. Yeah.
1: And so I come in and like you said, I I did the or was gonna do the first night of worship, but then wound up doing the first Sunday in the building, which was a huge honor. I was I was blown away whenever y'all said, Yeah, this is our first Sunday in here. I'm like, and I'm your guy? <laughs> yeah. This is this is great. Yep. You know, I'm a new guy here and I get to play the first Sunday. Yep. And then we did the night of worship. And that, I remember that night was the night that I told you, you know, hey, I, I just want five minutes of your time after this night of worship. I yep. want to talk to you. And I remember seeing the kind of the spark on your face. You're like, okay. Let's, right, see, what this? This yeah, let's right. see what this is about. let's see what this is about. Because
0: we'd known each other a full week at that yeah. point, right? Yeah. yeah, a week. Yeah.
1: Uh, what, a, what a beautiful week. What a, what a great all week. All the sleet. It was just perfect. Yeah, yeah. Spring was in the air. Uh-huh. So, so afterwards... Afterwards, I I met with you, and I just remember this overwhelming sensation of, I want in. And I remember telling you that.
0: You told me just like that. Yeah. You said, I'll do whatever I have to do. I want all in on this. Yes. Tell me me why. I mean, you made that. You went from, you hadn't been in church in a decade. Right. um, And there's, (laughs) you know, so you went from that to, which this is unusual. This is Mm -hmm. rare. But you went from that to. In a seven-day period, I'm all in. And you have been all in from that point forward. Yep. Talk about what was going on in your heart and in your life. That How did how did God get you there?
1: Well, I mean, God always gives you conviction when you're not where you need to be. And it's just whether or not you want to listen to it. Sure. It's is our part of it. Yeah. It's always there. It's just whether or not we listen yep. to it. And so for a long time, my wife and I had been talking about where we were, you know, going to plug back in, you know, and we could never come to a, a full-blown agreement on this is, this is right. This is where I feel I need to be.
0: We' uh, Sorry to interrupt, but were those conversations between you and your wife, were they driven by, we need to get the kids in church? Or, a lot of it is up? that. Okay.
1: A lot of it is that for sure, because, you know, I mean, we want to train our kids, bring our kids up in the same way that we were brought up, you know, and have... Good morals, believe in God, have faith, and do the right things they need to do.
0: So that sparked a conversation with her.
1: Absolutely. And the biggest thing I felt when I came here, and I know this is going to 100% sound cheesy, but in 37 years of my life, I had never once felt at peace and at home inside four walls of a church like I'd ever felt when I walked in here. So and, and for those of you who come here and and you've been members here for a while, I think all of you know the same exact feeling I'm talking about. It's the moment you walk in the door and you just go, "Wow, all right."
0: That's interesting to me because um, pull behind the curtain a little bit. You know there, are, uh, not to get us off track, but within the pastor world, which fortunately y'all don't have to live in, but within the pastor world, there's all this angst among pastors ever since COVID uh, because, and we've not seen this, but um, the average church, I mean, they're only about uh, 60% of what they were pre-COVID. You know, just a lot of people hadn't come back. And they were all nervous about, you know, if we put stuff online, people won't come back, which made me chuckle as if that was going to be the reason. I was like, of, uh, your, your stuff online or not online is not going to make a difference. But, but um, in conversations, the thing I always tell them is, I'm like, there are two things you can experience in person. In, and this is general, but two things you can experience in person the odds are much greater you'll experience it in person versus online. Uh, one is the personal connection that mm-hmm. you get with people, because you sure don't get that sitting in your living room watching. And second is experiencing the presence of God in Absolutely. a in a genuine way. And I don't mean you can't experience that in your house, but uh, you know what it's like in your house. you got all kinds of distractions going, right? It's just much harder. And so that's, that's what I thought about when you just said that is... Um, I think in, that's probably what you were experiencing, but you didn't expect that when you were walking in. No. Yeah.
1: No, I figured this was going to be, uh, no. and no offense, I figured this was going to be another cookie cutter experience of every other, you know, uh, big production, big worship setup that I'd ever been in or filled in on. I'm just thinking, okay, I'm here. I'm a hired gun. This is going to, you know, play these few sets and. That's going to be my exit out the yeah, door. Yeah, I'll play these mean? two events
0: and then I'm out the door. I, I yeah. wasn't
1: expecting that. I really wasn't. It blindsided me. It, yeah. it honestly hit me for a loop.
0: And and I want to I want to point this out because I just want to connect the dots for all of you who volunteer here. I, I want you to hear what he's told me and is about to tell you. One of the things you talked to me about because I ask you at night of worship. I mean, we were standing right here having this conversation. Yes. yes. Um, when you were like, I am all in, and I was and I was like, okay. That's, I said, we are pumped. That's awesome. Um, and we started talking about why. And you talked about your experience with the people here. And the words you used, if I remember right, and you can correct me, but you just talked about how authentic and genuine your experience and interactions with people had been, and that had really caught your attention.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, w- I mean, wholeheartedly I could tell from <laughs> it's going to seem, you know, again, a bit cheesy, but a handshake. You know, a handshake between yourself and myself, you know, good, solid, men know, good, solid handshake, you know, went a long way with me right out the gate. And then as I start, you know, getting to know the people around me, I'm like, man, these people are, they're real people. And it's hard to explain exactly what that phrase means unless you've grown up in church your whole life. And I think one other thing was, you know, you come in the door, I've said this to you before. The the first thing I noticed when I walked in the door is that science says no judgment, and I was like, hey, these are my people. Yeah,
0: yeah. You and don't, you don't always get that. And being uh, you know, the other piece of this, being a uh, musician mm-hmm. and being in this role, you saw everything behind the scenes. Correct. You know, you just weren't showing up and sitting in a seat like, mm-hmm. you. Um, if if the you interacted with a lot of the volunteers, especially band and production, obviously. Mm-hmm. And if you had seen a lot of hypocrisy in them, um, that's where you see it, right? And you'd have been out the door. Yeah. But, but you see how people really are behind the scenes, and you yeah. you, got a, you got a front row from the very beginning to exactly. see it. So I, just, I, I wanted to bring that out because so many of you as volunteers, again, th- this is part of the biggest struggle I have. Uh, you don't always see how God is using you in the interactions you have with people, and all the people, all the volunteers who interacted with you had no idea God was using that to help connect you Correct. here and bring you back yep. into the church. All right, so uh, one more question on this, and then I want to shift gears. Okay. But uh, you are uh, <laughs> you are the prototypical guy that we have walk in the door here. You know, we have so many people and and we design it with guys like you and mine. We have so many people who walk in who've been out of church for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um and they're here for, you know, they may be here today because she dragged them here or, you know, <laughs> there's they they've got their reasons for being here, but they end up here, right? Yep. Um what what advice would you have for somebody who has been or is where you were you know just disengaged not that you don't believe in God necessarily you know you didn't lose that no. but but you just disengaged you drifted mm-hmm. what uh, what advice would you have for somebody who's in that stage right now
1: i i think more than anything just the th- the immediate three words that popped in my head were just give it a chance uh, typically when you're disengaged it's so easy to come right in and be the person who sits out there and starts just picking well they don't do this that I like they don't do that that I like they don't do this that I like and you sure. immediately you immediately just nab it down to the point that you're not no that's not for me Yeah. whereas if you came in and opened your eyes and just okay they're doing some really really good stuff here you know I might not be into this aspect of it but Good word, good music, good fellowship. They're doing good things. Yeah, and and I think just give it a chance. Were the first three words I I gave and and I gave it a chance here. You know, I didn't know what I was getting into coming in playing for you guys, and then all of a sudden it was just, oh, I like this. Yeah,
0: okay. Uh, Shifting gears because it's Father's Day. Mm -hmm. uh, A couple questions for you about being a dad. (laughs) One one is one is this. What do you think as you now you're on the other side, like you're re-engaged, your kids are reengaged in church, Mm -hmm. looking back over the season of life when you weren't, Mm -hmm. if you if it had been obvious at that point that not being engaged was impacting your family negatively in some way, well, you would change it. Anybody would. Right. Right. But when you're in the middle of that, it doesn't feel like you're really losing that much. But now you're on the other side of it and you've got perspective and you're starting to look back. Is there anything when you look back that you realize, oh man, we really were missing out because as a family we weren't engaged? Or do you go, oh, you know what, it was okay for that season?
1: I think more than anything, I mean, again, it's a a gradual decline that you don't immediately pick up on. But the biggest thing without having an interaction or engagement in church and, and with God is lack of peace Hmm. and and your kids eventually start to notice that, okay, well you might not be a tyrant or, or just, you know, completely anger filled, but dad doesn't have peace or joy. Like he had, he's getting a little more frustrated, a little bit easier about things that are happening. And I think that's a big one because I know that we talked about it, you know, before about patience and when you have no peace, you really have no patience. Because you can't really have one without the other. That's true. So I, I think the biggest thing right there is just the lack of peace, the lack of joy from being connected, is the biggest downhill slope I noticed. But it,
0: but it's so. Uh, you made a good point because it's so subtle. You don't actually realize no. you're losing your peace. Yep. You don't actually realize it's having an impact on your character and on your relationships, right? right? If because again, if it was, you know, you. <laughs> You miss three Sundays in a row, and bam, you feel the effects of it. Well, you'd stop doing that, but right. but you don't you don't actually see that, so you don't know what you're missing until you till you reengage. And now that you have reengage, you started to sense that.
1: Yes, and I mean, you tend to make you know explanations and excuses for yourself as you go on through the time. You know, yep. well, I'm taking Sundays to spend time with my family, and you know, you try to justify it that you're not doing what you need to be doing. Yeah. And just all the while, you're just hurting yourself even more hmm. and your family. Interesting. All right, any other, any
0: others you look back, um, and you're still in the middle of parenting, but as you look <laughs> Very back, much as so. you look back on, you know, the last 11 years or however long it's been hmm. since your first one, um, any other lessons or challenges, um, any advice that you would want to venture to give the rest of us dads?
1: I know I've I've touched base on this with you before, but I think the biggest thing is that, that I learned as a dad so far has been patience. And, and moreover than that, humility. Hmm. Uh the, one of the biggest things I ever noticed, especially with my oldest two, is they came to age where they could understand what I'm actually saying to them. You know, they weren't they weren't infants anymore. Uh, the biggest thing I noticed with them was having the humility to look at my child that I might have just blown my lid at and say, "You know what i 'm sorry and that was majorly impactful in their life that Dad knew when he was wrong mm-hmm. and he knew he had to admit it
0: that's good that's really good and one of the reasons one of the reasons I love that so much is uh, pride is a prison, and we don't think oh, of yeah. it that way. But, you know, the the more pride we have, the more we lock ourselves in and lock everybody else out. And right. you can do that with your kids, right, without mm-hmm. even realizing it. And the only, you know, pride's a prison, humility is the key. It mm-hmm. is the only way to open that door and to reconnect with somebody is, is through that humility. Um, and when, and it's hard for all of us at times, But I think especially those of us who are dads when we demonstrate that to our kids Mm -hmm. we are helping them to get a glimpse of their heavenly father. Yeah. Because I mean Paul talks about how Jesus showed up and chose humility to be a servant. And so we we're modeling a little bit of that to our kids every time we do it. Even though sometimes we're it's because we've messed up. Yeah. But they need to see that humility in us. Absolutely. And it's a way for them to understand. It's also a way for them to understand God's grace. Yeah. Because uh, the only limit to God's grace is our lack of humility.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's
0: it, right? Absolutely. God resists the proud. Yeah. He gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud, not because he hates the proud. He resists the pr- proud because, well, grace is unearned and undeserved, and a proud person thinks they deserve it and they earn it, so you can't grab it, right? Exactly. Um, so I love that, and I'm not so sure, Scott, And you, if you've got any other thoughts on this, you can weigh in. I, I am not so sure that that may not be the best characteristic that we can demonstrate to our kids, is if the more we practice humility, the better glimpse we give them of their Heavenly Father.
1: I 100% believe that, and because you can't have any level of humility without having a, a little bit of love behind it
0: absolutely it's driven by love right
1: you can't do it and and also combined with that love is patience and lord knows he's been patient with me to make this full circle that i've done (laughs) to come here you know what i mean but the humility goes even further you know my kids my oldest two are with my ex-wife and they live with her primarily and so i get my usual you know, 48-hour mm-hmm. every other weekend. And that's tough, isn't oh, it? It's, it's tough. It's hard, you know. And, and But during the summers right now, I get them a week at a time, which is yep. wonderful. Yep. And because I'd much rather them, you know, be with me. Sure. But my kids have noticed, if anything else, and for those of you who's ever gone through, you know, divorce and kids and everything like that, it's no fun. It all, it all sucks, we know. Is My kids have noticed that dad has never said one coarse word about their mother. Not one, and it's it's hard to explain that level of humility too with your kids because <laughs> like they're just waiting for dad to just say something yeah. one time, yeah, you know that's going to take him from being this guy, yep, to being this guy, yep. And it's it, difficult.
0: That requires, that requires a lot of humility, especially, and I'm not saying this is the case in your point, but I know in a lot of situations, and a lot of y'all are in this situation, it's, that's not always reciprocated the other way, and then it requires even more humility, right? To, to Very do, much so. To do the right thing and just let uh, the outcome be what it is.
1: Right, because I, I mean, I've sat up here and talked about how patient of a guy I am. I promise I'm not. <laughs> Uh, anybody who really really knows me knows that you know i could have a fuse just this short if you know the situation arose for it and like you said it is not always easy to have that humility because just of the tensions and everything in the past behind that relationship is like uh,
0: that requires god at work in you to whoo, be able to demonstrate it ever. that right <laughs> does yeah. it ever yeah no that's awesome i to me the takeaway from this, we'll wrap this up. The takeaway from this is this piece about humility. I, I just think that's extraordinary. And um, for all of us guys in particular, and ladies I think y'all are better at than us, for all of us guys, I think pride is always a struggle for oh, us.
1: Absolutely. Always
0: a struggle for us. And sometimes we don't even recognize it because we're so confident we're right, then it's yeah. not pride. it's just well, But you can be right and still be wrong if you're proud. Yes. And all of us have been there and done that. And if uh, the more often we embrace humility, the more like our Heavenly Father we are, the more we model that and experience that, and the more our kids can experience grace from us, and then they can understand the grace they'll experience from their Heavenly Father. So that uh, to me, that's the takeaway, and that's the challenge. And I appreciate you being so transparent Absolutely. to share that. Would you guys thank Scott one more time? Yeah. So before we wrap up, I just want to tell you one thing happening next week, and we were talking about this in production meeting early this morning. Um, I actually had one of the guys catch me. Next Sunday, I'm starting a two-part series called Choosing Sides, uh, the best thing Christians can do for the red, white, and blue, which sounds like I will lose my job in the next two weeks, doesn't it? So one, You're a brave man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of, the, one of the newer guys around here it's on production actually caught me, and he pointed to the slide, and he said, how political is that going to be? And I said, not at all. We don't get political. <laughs> and he's like, that looked really political, you know. So uh, you'll just have to come, if nothing else, to see if I make a train wreck of myself. <laughs> no, it is, uh, it is going to be an interesting series that, I, <laughs> just to be honest, I think all of us will be comfort- uncomfortable at some point because it's going to step on all of our toes. But for those of us who are followers of Jesus... Uh, I think it is central to us understanding how to live in our country, in our culture, in our community right now, and how to navigate through all the tension the right way. So I promise, we're we're not picking the side, you you know, when red or blue. We're not picking those sides, but there is a side we can choose, and I hope you'll be here to hear it. Let me pray for us, and then we'll get you guys out of here, okay? Father, thank you so much. Um, first of all, for what you're doing in Scott and Jessica's life with their kids, we're just we're just so grateful uh, to be able to walk alongside them through that and to see it and to get to, to, get to experience a little bit of it with them. We're so grateful that uh, the first time he walked in here, that he could um, sense your presence and hear your voice and that, you know, you just brought him back full circle. Um, you've done that for a lot of us in this room and we are so grateful for your grace and that um, it... It does not run out, because we need it, uh, and we will continue to need it. Uh, would you help us to remember this week that when we find ourselves at those crossroads and intersections, and we can so easily want to choose pride, help us to choose humility instead, and to demonstrate the kind of humility you have demonstrated towards us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church or to find our app or our YouTube channel, just visit journeycalway.com. That's journeycalway.com. Thanks for listening.